Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Behind 341 yards and four touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers, the Packers emerge with a 45-30 victory over the Chicago Bears on Sunday night football at Lambeau Field. Green Bay now 10-3 and on the season. My goodness, lots to get to here on the program, as you might expect. Welcome in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It's Pella Now, Pay Later at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Order by December 31st. Get five months, no first payment, plus five years, no interest. For details, visit PellaWI.com. We have got the good to sort through. 341 yards passing for Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns. We have got the bad to sort through following tonight's game. 30 points allowed for the Green Bay Packers, several explosive plays allowed by the Packers' defense. And we have the ugly tonight on special teams. I have never seen a game quite like this. Not just Packers-Bears, but my goodness, just in my 20 years covering the Green Bay Packers, I've never seen a game quite like tonight's at Lambeau Field. Trailing 27-21 at the half, the Packers torched the Chicago Bears in the second half, outscoring Chicago 24-3 to pull away with this one. There were 45 points scored in the second quarter alone in this game. Special teams issues, well, they're once again here for the Green Bay Packers, and we'll detail those throughout the program tonight. Uh, But ultimately, uh, really a stellar performance on offense, aside of the first quarter where things were a little sluggish, and uh, three turnovers forced by the Packers' defense, also key in tonight's double-digit win. If you'd like to join us on the program, we'll take your calls until 1 o'clock at 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, it's 855-616-1620. We do plan on dipping into the locker room, uh, hearing from some of the players following tonight's game. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, will join us as well. I, the biggest takeaway is this. The Packers are 10-3. and three. And if you're a Packers fan, you're a Rams fan tomorrow night. The Rams take on the Arizona Cardinals. And if... The Rams are able to get that victory. That moves the Packers up to that top spot in the NFC playoff picture with you know, a quarter of the season or so left to go. So interesting times here as the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are also 10-3 and following uh, a walk-off win earlier today. Busy day in football. Busy day here at Lambeau Field. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. We are back after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Third and 18, Rodgers takes the snap, looking downfield, lofts it over the left side, let's out, got it, leaping grab outside the numbers, cross the 40, to the 43-yard line of Green Bay, in front of the Chicago bench. With Randall Cobb's sideline, Matt LaFleur hinted during the week we'd see a little more Alan Lazard, and he was right. Six receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown for Lazard. He also had a 14-yard rush in tonight's 45-30 win over the Chicago Bears. A wild game here at Lambeau Field. Most importantly, the Packers earned the win and improved to 10-3. and 
Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Before we get to your phone calls, we'll dip inside the Packers locker room. Joining us on the line is defensive lineman Kingsley Kiki following tonight's win. Kingsley, congrats on the win. That was a strange game, my friend. How do you digest it? <laughs> uh, it was it was definitely strange. You know, it had a bunch of momentum changes, but uh, uh, it's hard to describe it, but I just, I'm just happy we, we got the dub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, that's what really matters, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys yeah. look at it from an explosive play standpoint and say, man, that's frustrating, but y- you're able to yes, counter sir. that with, with three turnovers, and that was huge. Yeah, most definitely. Making those three turnovers, as a defense, if we can get three turnovers as a defense, it changes everything for us. And uh, if we win the turnover battle, then we have a great chance of winning the game. So that helps us out for sure. Had a, a few hits on uh, on Justin Fields tonight. It seemed like Kenny Clark was really active. Preston Smith credited with a couple of sacks. Not yep. an easy guy to contain, as we saw him use his legs a little bit. What is a game plan yeah. for a guy like that who you know has got that escapability? Yeah, it's to com- collapse the pocket on him, you know, make him uh, be able to throw the ball most most of the time because uh, he can kill us with his legs. He's definitely shifty, fast. So a guy like that, like Justin Fields, we have to. our plan is to collapse the pocket. You know, don't allow, don't allow him to step up or and take off. He he got on a couple plays today, but um, he's still athletic. You know, it's hard. You know, because they're they're great players, great athletes too. But that was the main game plan for us was to keep him in the pocket and uh, have him really play quarterback. Hey, Kingsley, walk me through what happens at halftime. People always talk on the outside about you know teams making adjustments and there being a halftime yep. message. What really happens at halftime? Because this this was a you guys trailed at the half. So what was the message? What do you do at halftime to, to get ready for half number two? Yeah, it's just cleaning up the little mistakes that we made in you know in the first two quarters. That's the main thing. Uh, we'll talk about the little adjustments that we need to make um, that, that that gave us you know a big play, explosive plays. It's, it's attacking those explosive plays that got us right then and there, making those quick adjustments so that way uh, it doesn't happen again. Well, Bears score 24 points in that second quarter, and nobody's feeling great about that. But then you hold them to three the entire second half. So what was the key in turning things around? Uh, It's just bringing more energy, more juice, uh, playing our type of ball, because we knew that that wasn't us in the first half. Uh, they got out on us. They got out on us. They came with a lot more energy than we did. So we had to match that energy in the second half. We had to bring it, and um, we talked about that. We were we were all talking to each other. Let's go. You know, and saying like we got. That's not us. That's not our championship defense. That's not the defense that we we are known to playing. And uh, that's got that's got us to this point. So that was the main thing was you know just you know bringing that juice back. Uh, you know, talking to guys. Just get in their heads like, let's go, let's go. And, uh, and that's what we did. We came out in the second half and took care of business. So how many more games is Rasul Douglas going to have a pick six? That's back-to-back now. Man, Sue, Sue is phenomenal for us, man. The last two games, back-to-back interception, he's been playing really well. He can tackle two as a corner. He can cover. Man, I, man, I hope he I hope he keeps the streak going. Man, he's, he's a great player and he's a great athlete, too. Uh, he's a great cornerback for us. I'm happy we, we got him on our team. No, and hopefully Jair Alexander comes back as well. Kingsley, congrats oh, on the win. Jair. Uh, Well-deserved. Get some rest, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for your time. All right. You, 
Yeah, you bet. You take care. That's Kingsley Kiki, number 96, for your Green Bay Packers. 45-30, the final today. Wayne Larry, the voice of the Packers, will join us coming up in a few moments. And we will get to your phone calls on the other side. It's 855-616-1620. The good, a win. 45-30, double-digit win over a division rival. That's a great thing. The bad, you allowed 30 points to your division rival, 24 in the second quarter. The ugly, it's in my hands. We will detail the night in special teams throughout the program tonight as we take your thoughts here on the Packers Radio Network. Our guys, already in mid-season form, Wayne and Larry. This is where you could see some shenanigans on the home of the Packers, WTMJ. Fourth down, goal to go from the Chicago 2, Rogers shotgun. And fakes the handoff, throws the slant, left side, touchdown, Alan Lazard. And a Lambeau leap to the north end zone, stands, they beat Xavier Crawford. Yeah, Packers offense finally started to get going in the second quarter of today's game. That completed an 11-play, 75-yard drive, a little over five minutes, put the Packers on the board. They still trailed, however, 10-7, to so the Bears came out firing in this game and uh, were able to get some points on the board. It really, it was starting with drive number two for Chicago after a 34-yard punt return. That was just one of a number of things on special teams that went wrong for the Packers. And the Bears were able to get a field goal on the board. Their next opportunity on offense resulted in a 46-yard touchdown pass. And before you knew it, it was 10 nothing, and you're starting to move to the edge of your seat saying, well, wait a minute here, come on now. Uh, which team is supposed to be the division winner and which team is supposed to finish in second-to-last place? So eventually the Packers got things going on offense, and once they did, they never really slowed down in tonight's game, 45-30 the final, uh, 45 points combined in the second quarter alone with these two teams, but it was Green Bay in the second half outscoring Chicago 24-3. That's a significant difference here in tonight's game. Defense corrected its problems. Offense really got on a roll in that second quarter and, and really never looked back. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here in the program. Let's check in with uh, Alex in Appleton. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Alex. Hey, Greg, how are you doing tonight? Uh, you know, I, I'm just tired of the special teams. It's the same stuff every week. They're killing us. And, you know, you listen to previous callers from other weeks complain about the defense, and that's not the problem. It's 110% the special teams, and, and we've seen it cost them games, and it could cost them another game here down the stretch or potentially in the playoffs. It's got to get fixed, and I don't know what, what the issue is, if it's the coaching or, or just the personnel that's out there. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but love to hear it. Well, it, like it, no one aspect of special teams is immune, right? And that's the frustrating part here, Alex. Thanks for the phone call. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll beg to differ with you in one one regard, I think it's something different every game, right? I mean, you know, the field goal kicking was fine today. That operation has been hectic and erratic throughout the entire season. But today was a complete collapse in terms of their kick coverage units, both punt and kick return. I mean, no, no element of today's special teams was immune. So 34-yard punt return, that happened early in this game. The Bears' longest punt return of the season to date came early in the first quarter. Then they had a 40-yard kickoff return. Then Crosby kicks one out of bounds. Then they have a 97-yard punt return for a touchdown, and you're shaking your head saying, well, what the heck? So the momentum you started to build here in the second quarter, well, now it's turning into this back-and-forth sort of shootout instead of the better team pulling away. They had a 42-yard kick return. I, this is all in the first half, by the way. 
Uh, oh, by the way, Malik Taylor also botched the kickoff, and the Packers had to start a drive at the five-yard line. He was replaced on the kickoff return unit team by Amari Rodgers. We saw his issues in the second half. He muffed a punt that ultimately was negated by penalty, but all of a sudden you're looking at a really interesting fourth quarter in tonight's game if the Bears are able to recover in the red zone and then find their way into the end zone. They had a bad punt. Corey Bohorquez, he's been outstanding all season long, had a 22-yard shank. An onside kick was lost tonight. I mean, it was just an absolute disaster. I was in the press box tonight screaming to myself, fourth and four in the first half from the 50-yard line. And I'm saying to myself, go for it. Go for it. Why? Because, well, if you kick it into the end zone, they're going to bring it out to the 20, and it's about 25 yards difference based upon where the Packers had the ball. And if you punt it and they get the ball in field position, they're going to return it and maybe set up themselves with better field position than if you went forward and forth down and missed. Well, it turns out they returned that punt for a touchdown. So going forward on fourth and four, it likely would have been a better option anyway. But, but that's where you're at with the special teams unit. I, it's just it's cursed. It is absolutely cursed. It's not one individual, right? Now you want safety? Put Randall Cobb back there to return a punt. This will work. Well, then he muffs one against the Rams. Now he's on injured reserve. So I, nobody is immune to issues on special teams, and it's, it's maddening, absolutely maddening. The Bears are a terrible football team. Against a better football team, the Packers don't win 45-30. to 30. Now, that's as simple as it is. It was an atrocious performance by Packers special teams in the first half specifically, but there were some issues in the second half. Coverage units, much better. The Bears in the second half started drives at the 25, the 8, the 13, the 27, the 21, and then after the onside kick around the 40-yard line. So that's good, right? I mean, that is solid right there. But it doesn't really make up for all of the other issues. And the 213 return yards the Bears had in the first half alone. Let that sink in a second. That is a disaster. That's about half the Packers' return yards all season. The Bears had it in the first half tonight. Let's talk next to Mitchell in Pulaski. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Mitchell. Hey, how you doing? All right, man. What you got? What do you? What do you? So I just have a. Is Rasir Douglas the answer with Jair out? Do you think he can uh, compromise? Is Jair out of here next year? Uh, no, I, I think you do everything you can to keep Jair Alexander if you can afford him, right? I mean, that's the next big contract that you have to get sorted out. Um, and hopefully he's able to return. Now, the big question is, to me, how does Douglas and Stokes and King, how does it all fit? Right, Kevin King was, was healthy tonight. You saw him on special teams a little bit. Uh, but he was not on the field. I have to look back at his defensive snaps, but I don't think he had many. Uh, this was the Douglas, Shannon Sullivan as the Nickelback, Eric Stokes show. And Stokes was phenomenal. You probably didn't hear his name all night, maybe twice, as Allen Robinson was largely shut out of tonight's game, just a couple meaningless receptions. Uh, and Rasul Douglas had kind of an up-and-down night. He was you know, defensive pass interference, which I thought was kind of a ticky-tack call. Couldn't quite get to the sidelines of one of the Bears' explosive plays for a touchdown, sort of whiffed. But then he also had a 55-yard pick six that was a momentum-shifting play. Back-to-back games with pick sixes, so he's making an impact. Um, The addition of Douglas gives you an interesting problem uh, because he's performed at a level, I think, beyond what you would expect for a guy who has signed up the practice squad of the Arizona Cardinals, right? I mean, 
It's pretty remarkable what he's been able to do. And with Jair, it's going to be a slow integration. I, I don't think he comes back and then you know plays 95% of the snaps on defense. I, I, I think it's an acclimation process to get him back involved. And even if he's able to play a couple of games before the postseason begins, I think you feel good about that here with Jair Alexander, who was on the field during the practice week, if you paid attention, uh, doing some of the work along with the defensive backs, had trouble getting his helmet on for some reason. Uh, But there does appear to be a light at the end of the tunnel for him, and that would create an interesting problem. But the Packers' secondary, I think, is by and large, without Jair, I don't know what else you could ask for here out of this group. Overall, 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. And uh, we got plenty of phone calls to get to on the other side. Back into the locker room we go. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, will join us, and we'll take your calls until 1 o'clock. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Progressively become a between-the-tackles type running group. On second down, Rodgers takes the snap, swings it to Quora. Left side wide open, down the sidelines 30, and he's cartwheeled down to the 25-yard line of Chicago by Eddie Jackson. Biggest play to date for the Packers, 25 yards. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. You can trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. 45-30, Packers prevail in a wild one here at Lambeau Field. Crowd's starting to dissipate here. The road's not looking too bad. Make sure to take your time on your drive home. And uh, stick with us here until 1 o'clock at 855-616-1620. Let's talk next to Zach, who was at the game tonight. Zach, you're on Packers OT. Thanks for holding. Yeah, how you doing there? Uh, so you said earlier that you hadn't seen the special teams performance this bad before, whereas I have seen Mason Crosby miss four field goals. I've seen David Foster, you know, you know, muff an offside an offside kick. And at that point, if you're not going to blame the players, at some point you have to blame the coaching. And Bill Belichick and the Patriots, I never hear about them having problems on special teams. So if you're not going to blame the players, at what point are you going to start blaming the coaching? And I kind of want to hear what you have to say about that. Is is it a culture thing? Is it if the players aren't buying in? Or, I mean, I'm not – Mason Crosby is – he's the greatest kicker in probably Packers history, but I'm not going to give him any – I'm not going to give him any grief. But it's at some point you have to look at the next thing. And if it's not the players, it's got to be the coaching. Zach, let me ask you this. When was the last time you felt okay, okay. the Packers' special teams was, was really good? When was the last time you looked at the unit and said, man, this, this this unit is clicking, man. Everything about the special teams is working. I I honestly couldn't even answer that question. I mean, I've, I can't I'm either. 29 I, I can't years either. old. <laughs> so, right. I, 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 that's part of the problem. Yeah, no, that's part of the problem, Zach, is, is – it, is it, it doesn't seem to matter who the coordinator is. And, you know, it, part of the issue, I think, back in the Mike McCarthy days is that there were so many young and undrafted rookie free agents that they, they wanted to keep around because they felt they had a future. And, you know, the, the vehicle to making the roster was on special teams, and it was just like, I, who are these people, right? It was just kind of a chaotic mess at times where the frontline players were, well, frontline players, not trusted on special teams. Gone are the days of you know William Henderson being one of your special teamers, and even John Kuhn was uh, a stalwart on special teams. 
it doesn't happen like that as much anymore. It's it's a lot of rookies and younger players. That's how it's been in Green Bay anyway. I cannot speak for the rest of the league. But when was the last time you thought special teams was really solid? I mean, all phases, right? Mason's had a brilliant career. But the whole operation with field goal kicking has been a mess this season. It really has. It wasn't tonight, thankfully. Kick return units have been hectic, helter-skelter. Tonight, atrocious. So, I mean, it really is a mix, but I, I don't know. Craig Hendrick, Chris Jackie, Desmond Howard, that was pretty good. About the last time I can remember special teams really standing out to me. Maybe it's a good question for Voice of the Packer, Wayne Larry. <laughs> what a special time. team. Wait a minute. I'm the one who got the muffs wrong here tonight. I still can't get the idea that we can't return a muff. You know what I mean? Yes. That, that all you can do is recover and you can't return it. I still don't Larry and I are trying to figure out why. I don't understand that either, and I don't know why. If you, <laughs> if you recover an onside kick, you can't return it. Yeah. So the Bears had that opportunity tonight, too. But no, the rule's saying it. Take it at the 40. Yeah, because it goes as a muff, right? I mean, actually, Valdez Scantling got a piece of it. And, you know, that's why it was legal for uh, Khalil Herbert to recover. And he goes down the sideline, untouched, Greg, into the end zone. Yes. And everybody thinks it's a touchdown when it's not. But nonetheless, it's like, wow. That thing happened. That happened a lot tonight. Unfortunately, it, it, it did. And, and the Packers caught a couple of breaks on special teams, even though it was a oh night. But Thank God. I, it, it, caller asked, and I asked the caller really. When was the last time special teams was stalwart for the Packers? Where you looked at it and said, "This unit is clicking." It, it, it's it, my point is, I think greater Wayne is that I don't know if it's an individual coach. I just think about the the recent coordinators and. <laughs> they've come in, they've moved on, and they've tried to find somebody new, and it, it's just been kind of a revolving door, and it, it hasn't stuck in a long time. You know, I, I don't know what and why, because I do know that there's been an emphasis for it. You know, and I remember Mike McCarthy do, donating, donating so much time in practice. Like, like we would be there in practice. Special teams practice, by the way, is the most boring thing you can see in practice. But they would devote so much time to it, and and it just never seemed to get better. And I know there's an emphasis on it with this group and this. Uh, hey, it's not for lack of trying. Let me put it that way. It just hasn't happened yet. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us here on the program, voice of the Packers, Wayne Levy, will hang with us for another segment. We'll get to your phone calls as well. As the Packers emerge with a victory here, forty five thirty, the final wild game here at Lambeau Field. Chapter number 204 of this rich story, and Wayne has called him many a games in this rivalry. Has he ever Only seen 75 of them. <laughs> Have you ever seen a game like this? No. So your thoughts coming up no. after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers under center, takes, fakes the handoff, bootlegs, right, stops, throws back left. That is man. It is showtime to the five, to the pylon, to the end zone. Are they going to score a touchdown? Yes, it is. Touchdown, Green Bay. 23 yards. Tonight's turning point of the game presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Toyota-thon is on. Time to ring in the season with a stylish new ride from Toyota. Got to hurry, though. Incredible offers and savings will not last. Toyota, let's go places. Tonight's turning point, Aaron Jones on the receiving end of an Aaron Rodgers touchdown pass. One of four for Rodgers on the night. A one-play, 23-yard, seven-second drive. The turning point in tonight's game, Wayne, it put the Packers up 35-27, but it was... 
back-to-back offensive plays, the Packers scored a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, and that really kind of catapulted them into tonight's game. The offense really started to get going in that second quarter. You know, it's funny, Greg, we were talking about this on the air. Um, it's kind of like the Rams game. I mean, the Rams game is kind of a toss-up at halftime. Packers got the ball to start the third quarter and drove for a touchdown. It kind of changed the complexion of the game. And that was the case tonight, too. You know, I, I thought that was really uh, key. And uh, obviously the Aaron Jones touchdown was a big one. And, you know, it, it was just interesting to see how the game changed in the second half. It really flipped script. Uh, the Bears scored, what, 27 points in the first half, led 27-21. Second half, they score all of three points. And and really, before garbage time, the Bears ran like 11 plays, and the Packers had run 20-something plays. Yeah, I think the Packers' long touchdown drive tonight, 13 plays, 71 yards, 838. That put them up 45-27. Uh, I had noted the the Bears had run 12 offensive plays in the second half. The Packers had a 13 play drive. Yeah, right. Was, they couldn't get anything going. No, exactly. You know, and everything was better, Wayne. Right. We saw turnovers tonight, and that was great to see. The starting field position was much worse for the Bears in the second half as compared to the first. In the so. first half, it seemed like didn't they start every drive like beyond the Chicago 40 yeah, yard line? Right. Every single drive it seemed like. And so you know, yeah, they had great field position. But I got to tell you something. The the thing, the guy that impressed us, Justin Fields. Um, I hate to say this. Okay, you're going to be here longer than I am, but um, that guy, if he stays healthy, he is special. He, that guy, they have the guy. There are some interesting moments for him tonight. I'm sure you know he stares down a receiver, and it's it's returned. That's just kind of a rookie thing, I suppose. But uh, but the Packers had their hands full because while they got to him a couple of times, he was also able to elude and make some plays. There were so many great pass rushes, I thought, by the Packers, where they really did the thing that, you know, any normal quarterback would have been sacked, and yet I thought they did a great job uh, of of corralling him, and yet here somehow, like Houdini, he would get out. He was a leading rusher tonight for the Chicago Bears. Let's grab a phone call here real quick. It's, uh, um, let's see, it's Charlie in Oregon, way out west. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Charlie. How are we doing? Uh, this is a question for Wayne, more importantly. Uh, watching the first half, didn't get really a chance to break down the film, but uh, just more importantly, if we're in the stands and we're sitting next to a Bears fan and we fall in love, what would we do? Uh, Wait a minute. I heard you're in, you're, you're in the stands. You're falling in love with a Bears fan? We do. Correct. Her name's Becky from South Dakota. I'm falling apart. Well, uh, you now now here here's the thing I'm gonna ask. Uh, I'm sure Becky's a first round draft choice. All I can tell you is sign her. <laughs> sign her up. I'm sure she's a first round draft choice. Becky from South Dakota. Perfect, uh, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. Let's uh, grab Alex in Star Prairie. You're on Packers OT. <laughs> Dating advice with Wayne and Greg. Alex, what do you need? Hey, guys. I think you guys are doing a great job tonight, particularly that last phone call. Um, That was great. But, no, I just wanted to say the defense played great in the second half, especially Kenny Clark and Douglas again. It's it's nice to have a couple of corners that both look like, you know, pros or even all pros without Alexander. But it'll be particularly nice to see what this defense looks like, you know, going forward in the next couple of seasons. But my question is, do you think there's any chance that our team will be able to retain both Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers 
if they're able to do Devontae after this season and Rodgers after next season, only because I think the salary cap goes up um, the season after um, this one. But if you guys think that's yeah. a possibility, let me know. Thanks. Wow. Uh, that's the toughest, toughest question. Um, it, it, it would be really hard, you know, and, and you want both. You really do. Um, it's just going to be hard. Where the salary cap is, where we know it's going to be, where the Packers are 40-some million over the cap of next year uh, right now, it would be tough. That's why, you know, people are saying, well, this is the last chance because uh, Devontae Adams is the last year of his deal and Aaron Rodgers wants out after this. No, Aaron Rodgers does not want out, but this is the last dance because of the salary cap issue, the implication that is coming up with the salary cap. And it's not just those two players. It's, it's you know, the whole roster. And so it's going to be very interesting. But all, all I can say is this for the caller, um, don't focus in on next year. Who cares about next year? We could all be dead and buried by next year, okay? This is this is all we have is this year right now and where this team is at and this is a this is a wonderful team that um, that is is getting better and better as we go along they're as good as anybody Greg and they have a chance to get better because Jair may be coming back maybe they get Bakhtiari back maybe they get Z into the lineup as Zadari Smith and and you know what maybe by mid January when the playoffs start uh, this team could be really even much better than it is today and it's pretty good today it's it hey we're in the right in the thick of of the race for the top seed in the nfc so you know hey there's some good things to look let's focus on this year don't worry about next year let brian gutekunst and his people figure out next year you got about a minute until the top here wayne but it, jair it looks like there's a light at the end of the tunnel here yeah. but uh good problem to have i mean where, where does everybody fit right if he comes oh. back because stokes has been outstanding douglas has done his thing week in and week out Douglas has been great. And, and you know, Greg, I want to say something about Rasul Douglas. Uh, you know, it, it, tonight, to me, it looked like he was baiting Justin Fields to throw it to his man. And, and by that, I mean, when Justin Fields threw the ball, uh, that player was open, be it Komet or one of the other receivers. And then Rasul, who had a beat on the play all along, would break on the ball and made the interception. He could have had two pick sixes. Yeah. Okay. He really could have. But um, his study habits... What he's doing behind the scenes, um, what he's doing to prepare for these games, Greg, it's kind of off the charts type Charles Woodson stuff. And that's why he's in position to make these plays. And so it's no, this is not a fluke thing. It's not that he's gotten lucky here. Um, This kid is really hunkered down, and he's become a real big-time uh, player in terms of his preparation, and I think that's made all the difference in the world. He was great tonight. And, yeah, when Jair comes back, okay. you got Eric Stokes, solid as it gets, right? And then you've got Jair, and you got Rasul Douglas. Oh, and Chandon Sullivan had an interception tonight. you got, yeah, you got a lot of ways to go here. It's an exciting group, no doubt about that. We're back after this, Hour 2 of Packers OT, coming up on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network.
Touchdown passes for Aaron Rodgers, 24 second-half points. The Packers escape Lambeau Field with a 45-30 win over the Chicago Bears. Wild game here at Lambeau Field. Most important, the Packers are 10-3 and heading into next weekend's contest against the Baltimore Ravens. Some interesting nuggets from the Ravens we'll get to coming up in a few moments here on Packers OT. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It's Pella Now, Pay Later at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Order by December 31st. Get five months, no first payment, plus five years, no interest. For details, visit PellaWI.com. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on the program, and we'll take your calls until 1 o'clock. Before we do so, let's step aside 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Football can be a real pain. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin can fix that pain fast. There is a difference. Packers trailed 27-21 at the half and outscored Chicago 24-3 in the second half. Three turnovers helped fuel tonight's victory. Back to the phones we go. Willie is in lacrosse and joins us next on Packers OT. Hi, Willie. Hey, how are you doing, Greg? Doing great, thank you. What you got? Uh, just, just a couple things. I thought the offense and defense played good, but that first right away in the game, why do you try to catch that kickoff, let it go out of bounds? get the ball, you know, 35-40, and then how do you not – how can you not advance the onside kick and stuff as a Bears fan, I guess? You know what I mean? Like, when did they quit doing that rule? Yeah, Willie, that's been in place for a while here. So, And, and I don't get it. i would be perfectly honest with you. I, I don't understand why, if you're the kicking team on an onside kick – you cannot recover and advance the football. And it has never made sense to me. And I know there's discussion about it being a muff and so on and so forth. The receiving team can take the kick and, and motor on, but uh, the receiving team or the uh, kicking team cannot recover and advance the onside kick. I've never understood it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's just one of those rules that exist. Uh, as for Malik Taylor, I, I don't know what he was trying to do. Uh, there was a place several years ago. Uh, Randall Cobb was returning kicks, and it was one of those deals where Cobb was standing out of bounds, and the ball looked like it was coming to rest in bounds. So he stood out of bounds and then leaned over and put his hand on the ball that was in bounds. And the rules state that the kick is therefore out of bounds. It's a very heads up play. It looked weird at the time, but you might remember what I'm talking about. I, I don't know if that's what Taylor was going for here, but he failed miserably, whatever he was trying to do. So much so that Malik Taylor was pulled off of kickoffs uh, after that, right? And then, well, they had Amari Rodgers, and well, we saw what happened in the punt return game. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that was just an, another in a long line of special teams miscues tonight. Uh, the Packers had to start that drive from their five-yard line. And, and I think it was an Aaron Jones run that got him out of that hole right away, uh, right away on first and ten from the five. He rattled off a 15-yard run. So, you know, they're able to escape, and, it, it, you know, the field position doesn't look quite as daunting. Uh, it's just another mistake that you can't make. You do it against the Bears, fine. The, the Bears are a terrible football team. Hey, you will do that and beat the Bears more times than not when you have Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback. I'll give the Bears some credit. They had a little bit of juice, some explosive plays. Uh, they took advantage of short fields most of the time. Uh, but ultimately, you feel like this team played as, as good as it possibly could in the first half, and then they just got absolutely boat raced in the second half. So against the Bears, yeah, you'll get a win. You'll improve to 10-3. and three. 
Against the Ravens? Maybe not. Against some of the better teams in the NFC? Probably not. So if this was the special teams clunker, collective clunker of the season, good to get it out of the way against uh, an inferior team in the Chicago Bears. Let's talk to uh, Peter, who was at the game tonight. Peter, you're on Packers OT. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I, uh, I heard you talk to a guy named Zach earlier, and he was talking about uh, players possibly being the problem on special teams. If not players, then coaching. And at what point do you start drafting for special teams opposed to waiting for players that you're hoping are going to turn out on either the offensive or the defensive side and just start drafting players for dra- or special teams? Like I remember when uh, – Jared Bush, he was the captain, and everybody remembers him as, you know, making an interception in the Super Bowl, but um, he made his name on special teams along with a few others, but I was wondering if that ever quit or if we, you know, if Brian Gutekunst looks towards special teamers in the later rounds, you know, 6-7, but is that a thing? Yes and no, Peter. I, I think sometimes you look at that linebacker position, sometimes uh, with receivers you might take in the later rounds and think, yeah, maybe that ends up being a good special teams player. Now, Oren Burks, I think, has sort of become that here for the Packers. I don't think drafting him in the third round, your thought was, hey, this will be a future special teams ace. That's not why you drafted him. You drafted him because you thought, it, I, I believe, that he'd presume, uh, presumably be an outstanding middle linebacker for you. And you know, it's it's been more his vehicle here as special teams. But, you know, the last two names that come to mind, drafting specifically for special teams, are J.K. Scott and Hunter Bradley. Neither one of them is on the team anymore. Uh, Ed is in Milltown joining us next on Packers OT. Hello, Ed. Um, just to answer that question about uh, when was the last time special teams were any good, was uh, back in the Holmgren era when Holmgren told Travis Jervy, don't call me dude. And Travis Jervy went to the Pro Bowl as a special teamer. And William Henderson was on that team also, and he was he played on special teams a lot. He had a lot of tackles. And uh, since then, I think there's only been one that's been any good as far as players go, and that was John Kuhn. Uh, he was on special teams, and I think he had the most tackles on special teams. And so um, I'll hang up there and listen to what you have to say. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the phone call. There's two other players I'll bring up, and they just jump off off the page when I when I think about Packers special teams. Jared Bush, as our caller mentioned, he was a special teams captain in the Super Bowl. Uh, Jeff Janis was also an outstanding special teams player in terms of a coverage player, but realistically, how long are you going to keep Jeff Janis around? Find another guy with blazing speed and stick him out there, and he'll get the job done, right? I mean, that's the mentality, I think, when you're talking about late-round draft picks or undrafted rookie free agents. And, you know, Jeff Janis would be, I don't know, presumably in his 30s by now, perhaps. Um, I lose track of time, though, very quickly. I don't know how old he is. But nonetheless, you get what I'm getting at. Uh, It's sort of few and far between. Fewer and fewer starters are used on special teams. I totally understand why. You bring up William Henderson's name. Well, look at special teams. Who's a starter running around there on the kick coverage unit? Uh, and the Packers did lose Equinemia St. Brown tonight. He was being evaluated for a concussion. Uh, he, I believe, is a pretty good special teams player. Uh, I, I guess I don't 
I don't look at the kick coverage units and say, man, that's been an issue all season long. The kick return unit and punt return unit have been lacking, to put it politely. Uh, but the kick coverage unit has not been a disaster this season. It was a disaster tonight. Uh, I mean, it was awful tonight. It just The Bears started at the 44, the 41, the 40, the 42. I mean, that was all in the first half alone. Uh, and, oh, by the way, had a 97-yard punt return for a touchdown mixed in with that. So when it starts to affect your decision-making throughout the course of a game, then you know you have a problem. Right? Well, we can't kick a 42-yard field goal here. I don't trust the operation, so we've got to go for it on fourth and six. Or as I brought up earlier tonight, when it's fourth and four from the 50, I'm saying to myself, don't punt it. I, I would 100% not punt the ball here because the punt return units have already been gashed, and it's just not a strength of this team. So I, kick it into the end zone. You lose 30 yards. Oh, well. You're better off just going for it with Aaron Rodgers at your quarterback. So if it starts affecting your decision-making because you just don't trust it, that is a terrible spot to be in. I don't know that it's affected the decision-making of Matt LaFleur just yet, but a night like tonight certainly does not belong on the resume tape. That's for sure. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Uh, Special teams issues uh, continued in the second half. It wasn't as bad from a coverage standpoint. Uh, but you had a 22-yard punt by Corey Bajorquez. You had the punt muffed by Amari Rogers that luckily was negated by penalty. That could have been a disaster. And then, of course, the onside kick that was lost. So not an issue tonight, field goal kicking. Mason Crosby and his one opportunity made his field goal. Uh, all extra point opportunities went through for Mason. Six touchdowns tonight here for the Packers. 45-30 the final. Patrick in Atlanta joins us next on Packers OT. Greetings, Patrick. Hey, Greg, uh, thanks a lot, uh, and I really appreciate your analysis of special teams uh, throughout the night. I just want to throw in a couple of quick things. I mean, did you ever think you would wish for Ron Zook to come back, um, or even Mrs. Ron Zook? Uh, because you would think that Maurice Strayton would have the guys that he does have stay, stay in their lanes like lane integrity. You always see big gaps, right? And so that's that's a real obvious thing. But you really also just put your finger on a second ago, Amari Rogers. I think Tausch has already said, and something that I always feel, the guy is scared of the ball. He did. He will not run it back. He'll let it bounce nine times out of ten. Then when he does catch it, he's very tentative, no explosion. And you would think that Matt LaFleur would see this or they see this on tape and just get somebody else back there because he obviously is not the answer. The dude is scared of the ball, and he doesn't try to aggressively go after it or or really once he catches it, if he catches it, to run through. So, gosh, I just think Maurice Drayton should have been fired at halftime. And uh, If anything else, please get Amari Rogers out of there because he adds nothing. Um, and Bohorquez actually can kick. is a good punter, right? So, so it was sort of an um, anomaly that he had a bad punt tonight. But the coverage units just in staying in their lanes, no matter who it is. And then Amari Rogers, get him out, get out, get out the special teams coach. That's I don't know. That's what I think. I'm just curious what you what you think about that, or if it's too drastic. Well, I, it's not too drastic, Patrick. But I think the you have to look at it from a standpoint of a, who's your suitable replacement. Like, like who's the person you would rather have back there? And I think. That, that's a tough question to ask. And we saw it against the Rams. It was more of a, 
you know, short field and was going to be just a, a, a fair catch opportunity. All right, put Randall Cobb back there. And, and then he chokes one away. Like, it just, like, I, it's just like a curse, man. Anybody on special teams, it just ain't working. Kylan Hill was their kick returner. He had an injury, the rookie running back. So now they're you know, kind of shuffling the deck and trying different people out. And Amari Rogers goes back there, the rookie, and this is why they drafted him, by the way, to be sort of a maybe a gadget guy in offense, a motion guy in offense, and then be a, a return guy. Uh, they didn't bring Tyler Irvin back. And by the way, somebody asked me during the game, Tyler Irvin is a free agent. Remember Swerve? He did a couple of good things for the Packers. There was a time a couple years ago when the Packers' punt return average was negative. It was negative. So this is not a new issue in Green Bay. And I, I have a hard time just pointing the finger just at Maurice Drayton because we have seen this movie before. It is on repeat, people. It is a disaster. And it's been a disaster for a number of years, going back to Mike McCarthy's days. Not since Mike Holmgren has special teams been a good thing in Green Bay. Collectively, Chris Jackie, Desmond Howard, Craig Hendrick, win, win, win. I love it all. It worked. It was great. It helped the Packers win a Super Bowl. That's not the situation the Packers are in today. And it's just been this incredibly strange year where one game, you can't kick a field goal. And the next game, well, you can't block those who are trying to block a field goal. And then the next game, the kick return units are a complete mess. The next game, kick return, you allow a punt return. Average starting field positions, the 44-yard line in the first half. Like, you just never know what it's going to be. But I don't know that it's the coordinator specifically because we're on year like 10 of this in a row. They burned through coordinators, that's for sure. So I don't have an answer. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Luckily, it did not cost the Packers tonight. 45-30, they defeat the Chicago Bears, and it was a critical win here for the Green Bay Packers. Quick look around the league. It's presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. You know, big game of the day here. It ended just before the Packers game started. The Buccaneers with a walk-off overtime win over the Buffalo Bills, 33-27. So Brady and the Buccaneers now 10-3, and same record as the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they're going to take on the New Orleans Saints next week. So uh, keep an eye on that game. The Buccaneers schedule down the stretch just... You know, looking on paper, it's it's relatively favorable. So try and find a way to separate from the Buccaneers. It's not going to be an easy thing to do. The Packers just need to keep winning. Uh, a game you'll want to pay attention to tomorrow night, Monday night football, it's the Rams and Arizona Cardinals. A Cardinals loss would even their record with the Green Bay Packers. Of course, the Packers get that tiebreaker based upon their head-to-head matchup. And another game that I, I think was interesting earlier today, the, the final score I'm a little surprised it was this because the the Cleveland Browns were in control 24-6 at the half over the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Tyler Huntley had to replace Lamar Jackson in this game, and he darn near pulled off a comeback. Ravens fall to the Browns 24-22. The reason it's significant is that the Packers play in Baltimore next week. The Ravens are 8-5. They may not have Lamar Jackson on the field after he suffered a sprained ankle. He was carted off the field today. Huntley entered the game, pulled off nearly pulled off the comeback, like I mentioned. But no Lamar Jackson, and the timetable for his return is unclear as of now. Uh, but that is a storyline to watch throughout the week as the Packers prepare for the Baltimore Ravens. 45-30, the final here at Lambeau Field. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. 
Devontae in the slot. Rodgers in the shotgun. Aaron Jones to his right. Snap. Rodgers. Rodgers looks and waits. Lofts it left side. Devontae Adams makes the catch. Cuts it back with a five. Ends up. Touchdown. They split two defenders. Eddie Jackson and Crawford at the five-yard line. Devontae Adams on a 38-yard touchdown reception. 44 seconds ago in the half. The Packers are back to within four. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program, shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Six touchdowns tonight. That means a total of $12,000 donated to Touchdowns for Hunger to feed families in Wisconsin. Sargento will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the season, benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, You heard it there, the touchdown, one of four from Aaron Rodgers, one of which found Devontae Adams. You know, this was a situation where the Packers had a double-dip opportunity uh, taking over with 3.16 left, two timeouts. Okay, you get a score here. You start the second half with the ball. You take the lead, and then you bury your opponent here at Lambeau Field. I, it didn't really work out that way. As on a third and four, right after the two-minute warning, I, there was a flag on the field, and I thought for sure it was going to be a defensive hold. Instead, it was an offensive pass interference on Devontae Adams. That penalty was declined, of course, by the Bears. The Packers punted, and the Bears returned that punt 97 yards for a touchdown. That set up another double-dip opportunity for the Packers, taking over with a minute 20 left and one timeout. Rodgers and the Packers moved down the field, four plays, 75 yards, 48 seconds. I mean, it was rapid fire. Boom, 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 boom. Into the end zone. And all of a sudden, it's 24-21. Packers still trailing, but, hey, you start the second half of the ball, you can take a lead with your next offensive possession. But then after a nice kickoff return, the Bears needed about 40 yards to get into field goal range, and they put up three before the end of the half. So it was 27-21, so not a true double dip. It was just fireworks in the second quarter. 45 combined points. I've never seen anything like that. I, it was just insane to watch it happen. And the way it happened, back and forth, explosive plays, a kick return, punt return, I mean, you name it. It happened in that second quarter. It was absolutely wild. But ultimately, the second half is where the Packers took control of this game. Offense picked up where it left off. The defense started to shine. A couple more turnovers. And yes, yeah, special teams, kick return units, the coverage units, better than what we saw in the first half. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us, let's uh, chat with Matt, who is uh, on his way back from Lambeau Field. Matt, thank you for holding. You're on Packers OT. Yeah, it's always really nice driving back to Chicago after a Packers win like that, for sure. Uh, Money morning is going to be pretty good. I, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about special teams um, and the uh, uh, unfortunate inconsistency we've had there over the years. What about the offensive line? We lost Billy Turner tonight. We're down essentially four starters, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, and we're still holding it together. Uh, yeah, we're not playing against Khalil Mack tonight, but any team down four, really just incredible starters on the offensive line, holding it together, not allowing what? We, we had three sacks, I think, on Rodgers tonight. Uh, what an incredible job, and, and what consistency we've had over the last few years with the offensive line. Uh, any any thoughts? Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Matt. You know, I thought on uh, you know two of the, the sacks that we saw early tonight, I, I thought those were equal 
on Rodgers as it was anything else. I uh, felt like he held the ball way too long early in the uh, in this game, but nonetheless it led to a what a third and 15 and a third and 18 in this game. That's that's not the way you want to get going. The uh, the third down production improved as the game went on, but um, it, it was not good from a down and distance standpoint early in this game. Yeah, negative 11 uh, on the Packers' first drive when Rodgers was sat. Then he lost nine yards on the second drive sack to force a third and 18. They picked that up, by the way, with a 32-yard pass play. Uh, I do not have an update on Billy Turner. He did injure his knee. Matt LaFleur wouldn't have or wouldn't provide any details after the game. Uh, but you're right here. It's it, it it's becoming a, a storyline with this team is injuries in general. And it happens around the league. But when Turner left the game, all of a sudden you're looking at a, an offense that's playing without its starting left tackle in David Bakhtiari, without its starting left guard in Elton Jenkins, without its starting center in rookie Josh Myers, and without its starting right tackle in Billy Turner. Only rookie Royce Newman is a part of that starting offensive line from, I, I, I don't even want to say week one, because Bakhtiari wasn't playing then either, but uh, the on-paper starting offensive line. So enter Dennis Kelly, nine-year veteran, played at the Tennessee Titans, kind of looks like David Bakhtiari. He's a mammoth human being. Uh, he was put to the test tonight and played pretty well, held up pretty well. So um, severity of Billy Turner's knee injury, I don't have an update on that. Hopefully it's not too bad. 855-616-1620. Let's uh, next grab Gary in Green Lake. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Gary. Hey, how are you doing? Doing great. Hey, I know the special teams are taking a wrap tonight, but I'd like to deliberate on that. We know Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done in the postseason, and I know we have a new defensive coordinator and a new scheme going down the stretch all year, but we're in week 13. Do you think the defense can hold up when we get to play against Tom Brady or all the good teams in the NFC. You got to be able to get the quarterback down. Like that that is the biggest thing for me. You have to have your pass rush in sync with your defensive backs because you know a guy like Tom Brady can obviously stand there and pick a defensive part. He does not hold on to the ball too long. Uh, sacks are usually the result of of coverage being outstanding. Um, he just does not take a lot of sacks and that's why he's playing at the age of 44. Um, you know, I think the body of work for Joe Barry's defense is pretty strong here overall. You know, tonight there were two explosive plays, a 46-yarder that went for a touchdown, a 55-yarder that went for a touchdown. Those fall under the category of can't happen, especially in big games. And both those plays gave the Bears life and was part of that crazy second quarter that we saw play out here at Lambeau Field. But I think by and large, the ability to get to the quarterback, the defensive secondary I think is strong. Devondre Campbell has been a Pro Bowl caliber player. I like the pieces. The scheme is, I, I think it's it's worked by and large. Um, might be a little different next week against Lamar Jackson if he's able to play um, than it would be against you know Matthew Stafford, for example. Just you know, their ability to run is is totally different. So they've been able to roll with it pretty well. But I, I think if if you're at week 14 of the season and you're giving up 22 points a game, yeah, I, I, I like that in today's NFL. If Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback on the other side, that's a big deal, I, I, and I believe in that. So point production, if you look at it here, and there's plenty of playoff-caliber opponents on the Packers' schedule this season, I think they've held up. For a first-year coordinator, I, I don't know much 
how much more you could ask out of what you're seeing here with the defense. So um, I do feel good about it, but I'd feel a lot better with uh, with another pass rusher back on the field and in the return of Jair Alexander. Hopefully that all happens here before the postseason begins. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on the program. We'll go to 1 o'clock. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. Coming up next, we'll hear from Packers running back Aaron Jones. After this, on the Packers Radio Network. Jay. Looking to put away the Bears. A.J. Dillon, the hammers. The lone setback. Rodgers under center. Looks, throws, slant. Right side. Devontae for the dagger. Touchdown. They beat Jalen Johnson on a slant to the right side of the end zone. And the Packers lead it 44-27. to 27. Win or lose, a fresh haircut's always a great way to boost your mood, but it's even better when it's easy to get in and out of the salon. That's why customers love the Great Clips online check-in app. It's easy in, it's easy out, it's easy great. Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers connecting on a touchdown. Uh, really both stellar in tonight's 45-30 win over the Chicago Bears. We're going to go with Aaron Rodgers as our Great Clips great player of the day. 29 of 37 passing, 341 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. Uh, was sacked three times. Two of those came in the first quarter, as I noted, prior to the break. But a quarterback rating of 141.1. I look, I don't really know what goes into calculating a quarterback rating, but 141.1, I know that's great. It's also double that of Justin Fields, who had a couple of interceptions and a couple of touchdowns in tonight's game. 45-30, the final. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us on the program. We'll get back to your calls in just a moment. Step inside the locker room and hear from Packers running back Aaron Jones, who's standing by with Larry McCarron. Aaron, tell me what was said at halftime, because after the halftime break, you guys came out like gangbusters. Uh, just... Lock in, you know, exec- finish executing, finish drives, uh, finish those those third downs, convert, convert those, and uh, we'll extend drives and get some points up on the board. And um, we said in at halftime we weathered the storm, we did everything that we needed to do. Now let's go play our ball. Tell me about the touchdown run. Uh, the run, AJ set it all up. He he got us down there, but uh, it was a wide open hole. Uh, you know, I started outside, and I seen the hole, and it was just pretty much a walk-in for me. So you don't get too many of those at this level, so shout-out to the, the guys up front. On the touchdown catch, it looked like there was a whole bunch of eye candy going to your guy's right, and you kind of quietly went out to the left, and bingo, Aaron sees you. Was it planned that you were going to be the guy they eventually go to, or was that kind of an impromptu deal? Uh, it was an impromptu, uh, so... I put my foot in the ground and just kind of, like, normally I go to the flat. I started to go to the flat, and I looked up and didn't see anybody over there. So I kind of started going upfield, and as soon as I turned back, A-Rod had his eyes on me, and I was like, he's coming to me with this ball. So um, it worked. We we actually do have kind of like a sort of like a play like that. So we, me and him were laughing, and, like, it worked. We, we called it without calling it. <laughs> Tell me about my cause, my cleats, and what's going on with that or what transpired tonight with that? Uh, yeah, so I uh, represented Alex Lemonestan in Northwest Mutual, uh, wore Ashley's cleats. Uh, she designed them. I picked her. She was the winner of the contest, uh, about 50, 50 different designs, and uh, it, was, it supports pediatric cancer. So that's, I'm big on children. I think they're the future. And um, so I'm glad I could go out there and uh, leave her with two touchdowns in those cleats and leave her something memorable. I was 10 and 3 field. Oh, it feels amazing. <laughs> it feels amazing. Got to keep going. Four more, finish them out, and we'll look up and see where we're at.
Hey, interesting game for Aaron Jones. Five carries, 35 yards, had a touchdown along of 15. He's also involved in the receiving game. Three receptions, 30 yards, and a touchdown along of 23. So put it together here, eight touches for Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon had 15 carries for 71 yards. He was not involved in the receiving game today, uh, but 15 touches for A.J. Dillon. I, I wouldn't read too much into this. Uh, it, this is not a, it's December, it's cold weather football, Lambeau Field, let's lean on A.J. Dillon. I, I still think Aaron Jones is working through something here with his knee injury. That did not look like the kind of thing he'd be able to bounce back from as soon as he was able to bounce back from it. Uh, so I think his... His carries, his touches are going to be limited here moving forward just to make sure that he is where he needs to be, I think, come playoff time. Uh, great to have him on the field, and the Packers are pretty thin at that position right now. Uh, not a lot behind A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones with the injury to Kylan Hill. So um, I, I'm not surprised to see Dillon out-touch Aaron Jones. Might be that way for a couple of weeks. Uh, to me, this is natural. It's all part of his response from uh, a knee injury that appeared to be more significant than it's turned out to be. Easy for me to say. Uh, let's talk next to James in Appleton. You're on Packers OT. Hi, James. Hey, Greg. How you doing? Doing great. What you got tonight? Uh, just following up a call from Gary, talking about front office decisions, what he got for uh, Joe Barry on the defense. Um, Rumors-wise, Chicago is talking about Ryan Day. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on if they bring in Ryan Day, if uh, the Packers are in trouble with the Bears getting a more handsome coach than Matt Nagy compared to uh, Matt LaFleur. Uh, it, that is the kind of thing you are worried about. Um, you know, really at any time of the year, I think uh, Matt LaFleur is a, a, a fine-looking human being uh, and certainly outclassing Mike Zimmer and Dan Campbell here in the NFC North. So uh, if that's what it takes for the Bears to finally get one up on the Packers, hey, Godspeed. Andy joins us next. He was at the game tonight. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Andy. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, the question that I have, just following up again on, I guess, what everybody's talking about is the poor special teams performance. And I know you had asked the question, when was, when was the last time they were good? And I don't think at this point anymore any of us are expecting them to be great or necessarily even good. We just need them to not be a liability. And you mentioned the fact that, you know, we got away with it tonight because we were playing the Bears. But next week against the Ravens, that might not be the case. And especially looking forward to the playoffs when they're playing the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, uh, you know, some of the more premier teams in the NFC. Are they going to be able to get away with it? And I think probably not. And my question to you then is, at what point do you say, okay, we can't just have these undrafted free agent rookies and, and some of these, uh, you know, bottom-tier players that we've got, our backups out there on special teams. We're going to end up watching the game from the couch, uh, you know, in the later rounds of the playoffs because they're going to cost us the game. So at what point do you, do you say we gotta we got to trade the risk for putting some of our starters, some of our better players out there and, uh, you know, go further in the playoffs rather than uh, taking that risk with the guys that we've got now and, and having them cost us the game and, and not go further in the playoffs. So I'll uh, hang up and listen to your thoughts again. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, interesting points, Andy. I appreciate it. And I, I, I think you're spot on here. This, this does not have to be, in the last quarter of the season, a top-five unit in all of the NFL. It just can't be dead last anymore, right? I mean, just it, it has to show some signs of improvement. And, you know, if the kicking game is great one day, but the coverage units are atrocious, where do you net out, right? I mean, average to less-than-average day on the field. 
And, and no, I mean, if this is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams' last dance and Rodgers has another MVP season, but you fall short of the Super Bowl because of something on your special team's unit, it really being an underlying reason, that would certainly not sit well. I, to me, it's, it's probably a philosophical change that needs to take place, um, maybe more so than just an individual coordinator, but a, a philosophical change at, at the unit, um, which has been a mess for some time. You don't often see changes, significant changes on the fly. You get some return man changes and injuries force your hand sometimes. Um, but I think you probably pay most attention to the front and center players. When a, when a return man is different, you pay attention, right? Charles Woodson returned punts in the playoffs. He didn't do it during the regular season, but you saw him back there for the playoffs and you got excited. We saw Randall Cobb back there. This is long after he was done returning punts and kickoffs for the Packers. Uh, under Mike McCarthy. Oh, Cobby's back there. Look at this. Here we go. It's playoff time. Right? You, you notice those players. You don't notice the gunner. It, right? You don't, you don't notice the, the guys who are on the outside trying to contain a kickoff return man. And, and also, those guys aren't frontline guys anyway, are not practicing that at all during the regu- uh, during the regular season, during the week. So I, I don't know if it's a significant change you'll see from here to the end of the season or in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe at the return game uh, aspect or the return man on punts and kicks, you might see a change there. But um, for Packers special teams to improve, uh, I do think there needs to be some sort of philosophical change. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Our guys, already in mid-season form, Wayne and Larry. This is where you could see some shenanigans on the home of the Packers, WTMJ. And the Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. In the shotgun formation, Montgomery to the right side of the quarterback. Fields, here's the snap. Fakes to Montgomery. Fields in a tight pocket. Hit from behind. Ball comes loose. Penalty marker down. Packers have recovered. If it's a fumble, it's green by ball. Inside the 25 at the Chicago 23-yard line. Preston Smith on the forced fumble. What a two sacks on the day for Preston Smith and a 45-30 win for the Packers here at Lambeau Field. That play came on the second play, second offensive play from scrimmage for the Bears in the second half, uh, and it put the Packers right back in the end zone. So Green Bay started the second half trailing 27-21, nine plays, 75 yards right out of the gate to start the second half. The Packers were in the end zone, and then all of a sudden it was 28-27. Green Bay had taken the lead. Strip sack fumble. Packers had the ball to 23-yard line, and the very next play went to Aaron Jones. From the arm of Aaron Rodgers into the end zone, the Packers were up 35-27 and never looked back. 855-616-1620. Sully joins us next from Menominee Falls. Welcome to the program, Sully. Hey, guys, thanks. Um, So something that I want to comment on, um, I think as a fan base, we kind of sell short the idea that players want to play for the Packers. And we take it for granted. And so when we look at drafting guys like A.J. Dillon or uh, Rashawn Gary, um, and we want to look at it like maybe it's a reach. Like, we could have got them in a later round, like some fans say. Um, I think we think that those guys could have been drafted later. But the Packers say, hey, 
those are situational guys. Those are culture guys that fit what we do, and they love, um, you know, they embrace Wisconsin. Take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. You look at the idea of Chase Claypool. You look at Antonio Brown. All the guys that have not worked there. Meanwhile, Mike Tomlin is a great coach. I think everybody would say he's a great coach, but his philosophy does not resonate with those guys. Those guys that they have drafted are great, talented guys. Does not work with that culture. So sometimes you have to kind of reach a little bit to get the guys that fit your philosophy and fit your scheme and fit your culture. Because it's not that easy to get guys at 23, 24 to want to buy in and live for a long time in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And so sometimes uh, you have to reach a little bit and get guys to come in and uh, buy in. And I think the Packers have done a great job of getting those kind of guys. I think maybe we take that for granted as fans. Well, I, when you have a great quarterback, too, I think it, it adds to it all, right? I mean, it, six years from now, who knows what the situation will be in Green Bay. Next year, who knows what the situation will be. And maybe there will be another point at some point in the Packers' history where being drafted by the Green Bay Packers is not ideal uh, or looked at as like, oh, boy, here we go. That's, that's a reclamation project. I hope that's not the case. But things go in cycles, and the Packers have been in a, a cycle of winning here for about 30 years, which is – Remarkable, uh, and the Steelers, by and large, have been as well. They just have kind of mismanaged their quarterback situation a little bit, with uh, no suitable backup to Ben Roethlisberger, at least not on the present roster. Um, but yeah, I, I think Green Bay is a it, right now, and it, is a desirable place to play. You can sort of be yourself. You can blend in. AJ Dillon's got the key to Door County, for goodness' sake. So yes, he is fitting in just fine here uh, in the state of Wisconsin. Interesting point for sure. Uh, and, and well taken. Character guys, that's a big deal, I know, to Brian Gutekunst, uh, who by and large is, has hit on a lot of the draft picks that he's had. Not all, um, but Rashawn Gary's turned out to be a beast. A.J. Dillon is a great compliment to Aaron Jones, replacing Jamal Williams. Josiah DeGuara starting to take that role from Robert Tunyon um, as a third-round draft pick. So uh, you, you start to see it pay off a little bit here, and I, I think it's reflected in the Packers' 10-3 and record. Step aside one more time, come back with a couple more calls. We've got some time. We'll get to Kenny Clark in the Packers locker room as we wrap up Packers OT. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Here's the snap and the placement. Swing to the right leg. Kick booms to the uprights. It is right through. 2.52 to go in the third. A third quarter dominated by Green Bay. Packers 38, Chicago 27. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. So far this season, $18,000 donated, plus one tonight, 19. Our total donation, that will be made to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Doug and Baraboo joins us next on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors. Hi, Doug. Hey, good evening, Greg. Say, uh, one more miscue. I, I don't know if it was mentioned or not. It was when uh, Crosby you know, on that kickoff, and that went out of bounds, and the, the Bears got it on the on the 40-yard line. But I think, uh, you know, it, it's hard it's hard to be negative uh, tonight with, with such a great offensive performance, but I think what we fans are concerned about, and your second-to-last caller 
uh, hit it pretty well. That uh, one miscue uh, tonight uh, from the you know special teams could cost us a you know a trip to the uh, to the Super Bowl. And uh, you asked that one caller earlier. You know what is the uh, last time we had the special good special teams? And Scott, you got to go back to '96. I don't think Favre ever started any any less than the 35 or 40 yard line. And then if you want to go way back, then you have to go back to the Roadrunner in the 60s. That is going quite a ways back, Doug. Thanks for calling. I, I had wondered when Mason kicked it out of bounds if he was told to do that just because the coverage units were so poor tonight. I just kick it out of bounds. Can't return that for a touchdown. Here, just kick it over there. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Pat in Caledonia joins us next. Hi, Pat. Hey, how are you tonight? All right, Pat, what you got? Hello. You got the last word. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, um, just real quick, Brian Gutenkutz, um took a lot of hits in the off season, but the job he's done with some of the replacement players, some of the people he's picked off uh, picked up off the of practice squads, all the changes on the offensive line, I think he's done a pretty darn good job this year. Oh, no question, yeah, Pat. Absolutely, no question about it. And I, I think when whenever you have younger players emerge too, I think that's important. Rashawn Gary coming into his own in year number three. Remember, Devontae Adams didn't become Devontae Adams till year number three. It started to really go the right direction for him his third year in the league. Uh, Eric Stokes is a rookie, finding Rasul Douglas on the practice squad of the Arizona Cardinals and signing him, and look what he's done. Saved the game against the Cardinals, his former team. And now he's got to pick six in back-to-back games against the Rams and Bears. Uh, those are just a couple examples off the top of your head. How about tonight? You lose Billy Turner to an ankle injury. Uh, we'll see how severe that is. And Dennis Kelly, a nine-year veteran, steps in. He started the entire season for Tennessee last year, a season in which Derrick Henry just he's still running, right? I mean, just the yards after yard after yard. I mean, how many days did Derrick Henry have over 150 yards rushing? So he was part of that unit. So, in fact, I'm a little surprised we haven't seen more of him. That's, I think, a credit to how Billy Turner has played. Uh, Dennis Kelly's not more a, a versatile guy. He's going to be on the right side. That's about it. Uh, but nonetheless, it's been a lot of nice pieces pieced together. Whitney Merciless, I loved that signing. I'm sad it didn't work out for him due to injury. Uh, but that made a lot of sense, and it filled a void. Uh, so hopefully we can get some of these pieces back here. Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, David Bakhtiari. Not holding my breath on Z Smith and Bakhtiari. I do think Alexander will be back before the playoffs begin. At least I hope. That would be outstanding. So what's it going to boil down to here for the Packers? Well, I win out and see where things fall. Yeah, you'd love to say it's that easy. Uh, the schedule's not simple here for the Packers. Next up is a road contest against the Baltimore Ravens. Another AFC North matchup with the Cleveland Browns at Lambeau Field on Christmas Day. Remember, that's a Saturday now. Saturday football begins in Week 15. So plenty to work on here for the Packers as they approach the next two weeks against uncommon opponents. Uh, but at 10-3, and three, right now the Packers are tied with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Same record. Packers own the tiebreaker. And if Arizona loses tomorrow night to the Rams, the Packers will be the number one seed in the NFC with uh, four games to play. So... We'll see how it all shakes out. Been a lot of fun, though, so far. And it was fun tonight. 45-30 the final. Packers improved to 10-3 and with the win. We will next greet you following Sunday's matchup between the Packers and Ravens from Baltimore. Look forward to that program. Thanks to Ashton Rotman, Greg Hill, Evan Wattellis, and everybody who makes our program click here on the Packers Radio Network. Have a great night.